Inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable? Hello, everybody. And welcome to Inconceivable. We're Scoff and Walk. This is Season 5, Episode 5. And we're ready. Dude, we were so In close. In the zone. We were so close. What? You faltered. I... It's okay. I forgive you. How did you. I falter? There was, there was a pause. I... <laughs> Hesitation. I, you know... <sighs> so disappointed in you. I... Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what I said. No, of course not. We're ready. We're ready. I'm just, I'm just teasing. It's go you. time. It's go time. Is it? I like go time. We have, by we I mean you, because I do nothing. A uh, story. We do. I do. Is it a good story? It is. Oh. I was. I have this habit of sort of listening back to how the episodes so far this season have been going. It gives me an idea of how I can create more variation, right? Yeah. So I've been listening, and I'm like, huh, they've been interesting. But they haven't exactly exactly been the happiest or most uplifting. Is that what so I said far? at the end of the last episode? Yeah, yeah, you did. But it just—it's <laughs> easier for me to sort of picture the type of story I want next. Okay. If that makes sense, because yeah, I knew they haven't been the most uplifting, but I also need variation in terms of the type of story. So I've done some medical mysteries, I've done some survival stories this season, like I've, I have those vibes covered, and now I need like a really nice, optimistic story vibe. So, um... I can't wait to find a way to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can with this one. That's you, the thing. You doubt You can't, I don't power? think you can ruin this one. So this one I'm classing under coincidence. Okay. But I actually found it on YouTube. There's this older TV show on YouTube I found called It's a Miracle. Okay. So, um, obviously this show is geared more towards, like, I would say Christian Catholic listeners. That's our cat. Hi, bud. Okay, get, get comfy. He's like a backrest. <laughs> I can just like lightly press my back against him while he's on just top of the on back top of, of your chair. chair. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I feel this this show, It's a Miracle, is definitely geared towards your um like traditional Catholic Christian listeners. I mean, yeah, the idea of miracle, the name kind of yeah lends itself to that. Like that's that's what I would say. It's geared towards that's the audience, and that's how they're marketing it. But when I listened to the story, it didn't give me so much the miracle, like the, you know, outstanding religious miracle vibe, <laughs> as much as just the everyday miracle vibe. Okay. So yeah. that's why I don't think you would be able to really hate on this one or wreck this one for everybody as much. Hate on them. I just like poking little yeah. holes. Yeah, but I'm saying that this one, I think, is actually just a really cool coincidence. Sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so. Cat, <clears throat> what are you doing? I'm just gonna, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just gonna keep going. So, this story starts with Evelyn Trent. Um, and it doesn't, like, Evelyn? start off the best. Yeah, Evelyn. Nice name. 
Yeah. Um, it doesn't start off the best. It's a really good story, but it unfortunately starts after her husband has passed away. Oh, that's not good. Um, and it all begins when she and her family are together and they're trying to locate everyone that he knew to give them the news of his yeah. passing. Yeah. Um, and she realizes that she, she doesn't really have the information for these people and she's trying to contact uh, two long friends named Ronnie and Johnny Godsey. Okay. Um... And so she's she's torn up because she wants them to know about her husband, but doesn't know how to get in touch with them. Um, so her daughter-in-law, Karen, offers to help her um, by finding that information, trying to get a hold of these two people. Yeah. Um, and so in the show, it said she called director assistance, which I don't know if that's just like when you call the operator to try it, and get it a pretty number. Much, yeah. That's what it seems like to me, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway... Um, this is what she does, and the operator says that there are no listings for a godzi with those first names. Um, so she keeps trying to, like, you know, take a step back, except it's really hard, right? So she's like, oh, well, maybe um, R and J for their middle initials, perhaps. Um, but, you know, this poor operator woman is like, listen, I have a million godzies. Yeah. Like, we, we can't easily narrow this down. Side note, we recently went through an experience where we had to contact a, a lot of different people. Thank mm-hmm. God our families had actually really extensive lists. Yes. Like, I can't imagine... Um, like, I had a friend of mine. I don't think he still lives there. I wouldn't even know... Like, he was a, he was my friend for a long time when we were kids. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin contacting him now. Mm-hmm. So I do sympathize. Yeah. It'd be quite hard, especially if you were contacting someone who doesn't necessarily live in your area. Yeah. There are so many people. It's mm-hmm. not even funny. Yeah. And every time you think that you have a name combination that's unique, it's like, nope. <laughs> Pretty much. So anyway, point being, it, it she comes to terms with the fact that the operator is trying to tell her this is going to be a much more daunting task than she realizes. Um, but, you know, operators are, they're used to this sort of thing. They do this on a daily basis, right? Yeah. So she sort of finds a way to narrow it down, which I guess based on the show, it's based on the area where they live. So she narrows down a couple names who of people whom she thinks might be related to this Ronnie and Johnny, okay. just based on the fact that they live nearby. Um, so she narrows down a David Godsey in New Orleans and Eric Godsey in Lake Charles. So basically these are both in Louisiana. So I would assume that the, that Karen and, um, Evelyn live in Louisiana. So they're looking all in the same state. Yeah. Um, thinking that they'll find someone again related to who they're actually looking for. So Karen first calls the David Godsey, um, older gentleman who... Um, informs her on the phone that he doesn't know any Ronnie or Johnny. There's no one by that name at that house. Um, but he's he's very nice and friendly and offers to help her. And goes on to tell her that he actually has a lot of practice searching for people. Um, so he had been that searching... That sounds weird. <laughs> what? I don't know. Just the, I have a lot of practice finding people. Well, I mean, I shouldn't have said finding people. because I it, have a I... particular set of skills. Okay. I'm moving on. Uh, sorry, I didn't. I shouldn't have said people, but I was trying to kind of lead up to what's happening here. So um, he informs her that he had a lot of practice searching online because he'd been trying to find his son for actually the past 26 years. Holy shit! Yeah. 
That's what I meant when I said, like, there's a lot of people. Like, we... I don't think it's a secret to know out there. We live in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Calgary's got, like, 1.2 million people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard for the human brain to comprehend million. Yeah. Like, like it's such a, a weird number. Like, you could meet a new person every single day. Or you can meet ten new people every single day. And you would probably not hit a million people in your lifetime. Yeah. Or it'd be towards the tail end of your lifetime. Because that'd be like, what, 3,000? I, I 3, don't 000, feel 3, like... thousand people a day. Scott, I don't year. want to math right now. I'm mathing. <laughs> 3,500 people a year. Okay, If you met lots 10 people. people every day. Yeah. It would take you... Like, like, you couldn't do it. You could not do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, thank you for that. Because I agree that people have... Like, we hear mil- million a lot, but I don't think people actually comprehend how much. It's a ton of people. That's a lot. So, anyway. Um, he's been searching for a long time. And... He has a lot of practice now searching and trying to find stuff, information online. That's just a skill that he has. And he, yeah. he says, you know, I'm just, I'm good with computers in general. Tries to help her out. Um, so what had actually happened to him was that um, him and his wife, they just reached that point in their life where they, they weren't agreeing very well on things and decide to split up. Um, and I'm not given a lot of information based on this clip I found as to how they lost track of one another, like why they didn't keep in touch, or maybe they they accidentally wrote the wrong number, or I don't know, but anyway. So the wife moved away with with the kids. Um, She moved to California. Um, And then unfortunately, David, the husband, lost track of them. So again, I don't know why. There are many reasons why that might have happened. but, um, But yeah, couldn't actually get back in touch with them. So... He he didn't, you know, he wanted to know his son. Yeah. Um, and his search actually began again with new vigor when he experienced a personal loss of his older son in 18, uh, 1989. Um, so obviously that loss of his older son pushed him to really want to connect with his younger son even more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, after years, just had no luck with it. That's so sad. it's pretty sad, yeah. And he he obviously sympathizes with Karen, who's trying to find these people, yeah. even though they don't have a personal connection to her. So he he does his best to help her out, wishes her luck, and they they get off the phone. Okay. okay, got it. Karen next calls the second name that she was given by the operator, Eric Godsey. Um, so there's a wife and a husband who are at home, and they actually were very close to missing this call. Which you'll find out later why that's, like, such a happy coincidence. Because they were about to go to dinner, and the husband just kept procrastinating and not wanting to leave the house and go out. That sounds um, like a... Like... So <laughs> <laughs> stereotyping for a minute. There, what's that old saying? Like, um... It's like country songs, but it's like waiting on a woman, right? This idea that women always take long to get ready for stuff. Yeah. That's not a, true. No. Like, we... I, I was speaking on behalf of the male species here (laughs) um depending on what it is we absolutely will keep everybody late well i mean yeah i'm not saying to the same amount necessarily well it depends on what you're talking about 
If you're talking about women and their routines as far as getting ready... You don't rush that. They, Yeah, women don't tend to rush that. They tend to take their time. Again, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but that's just... No, absolutely. That's sort of usual. But that being said, I also have a father who, when we're about to leave on a trip, will realize that he needs to grab a few other things, use the bathroom, take his time getting ready into the car (laughs) while everyone's waiting... So, I don't think it's necessarily a male-female thing. I think it just depends on the personality and what you're doing. Because my dad's not late because he's doing his makeup. He's late because he's doing <laughs> other things. So this is true. Yeah, it I, depends. I'm early to everything because I always leave later than I want to. Like, if I want to leave at 8.30, I mm-hmm. set 8.30 because I know I'll actually leave by 8.35. Yes. That way I'm still early no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. So. Good habits. So, Good habits. Anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, that it's the important thing is that they were very close to actually missing this phone call. Yeah. So um, the wife answers the phone. And again... Hello? This is wife. <laughs> they, they gave her name. I don't know why I didn't write it down. But anyways, it's not terribly important. Um, she once again goes on to tell Karen that there is no Ronnie or Johnny in that house. They don't know any family members by that name. Um, but she does hand the phone over to her husband. Okay. Um, because he's the godsy. Yeah. Um, and he, he explains to Karen that he actually, he would like to help her, but he doesn't know that side of his family. He doesn't know his father's side of the family. Interesting. Um, you know, he's like, yeah, I lost track of my father. Haven't yeah. seen him since I was two. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like 26 years now or something <laughs> like that. Really, you know, really <laughs> weird uh, how, how time flies like that, you know. Yeah, so even if you weren't beginning to catch on to what's happening, I'm pretty sure thanks to Scoff's highly sarcastic tone of voice, you're starting to gather... I'm not sarcastic. You're starting to gather that these stories are starting to sound a little similar. Just a tad, yeah. Um, So Karen um, tells the show at this point, quote, I got chills. Which makes total sense, because I, I mean, I saw that gleam in your eye, too, while I was speaking, and you were like, mmm. Methinks <laughs> <laughs> there doth be connections um, here. <laughs> so, um, Karen obviously is compelled to say, I have this feeling, because mm. I just got off the phone with a David Godsey, and heard his story, and it really sounds like there's a connection here. Um... You know, and yeah, so he he explains a bit more about his situation, right? Like, oh yeah, well, that, that does make sense. I spent many years in my youth looking for my father. He apparently traveled with his mother quite a bit, and every place they went to, he would try and find a phone book and see if there's a, a David Godsey. Um, and the only reason he stopped looking was because of some news that they saw in the paper. So when he was 16... He um, heard about a plane crash in Washington State, which killed a lot of military personnel. Okay. And what happened was that in the newspaper, they actually printed the passenger list. Okay. Um, so that's what his mom saw was in the newspaper, one of the passengers listed was a David L. Godsey. Oh, uh, okay. So that then put a, yeah. a very quick end to his searches for his dad. Um, but Karen is obviously getting excited at this point. Because it's not the same. And she's pretty insistent. She's like, can you just, if I give him, if I give you his number, can you just 
call try. Him. Can yeah. you just call him? Right? So, um, you know, he takes David's number, and I <laughs> I feel like Karen's my spirit animal. Like, she's so excited that she calls, she, when she hangs up with this guy, she calls David right back. <laughs> I feel like I'd do the exact same thing. You would absolutely do that same thing. <laughs> anyway, so she, she calls him right back, and she's so excited, and she's telling him what's happening, and urges, um, urges David to, to think the same thing and to, you know, get that hope back at the very least. Um, but like David, you know, he's, he's keeping calm and he's just trying to talk her through and he's saying, listen, I know the listing that you had wasn't Eric Godsey and that's not my son's name. He says my name, uh, my son's name is David Edmund Godsey, not Eric. Um, which was the phone number the operator had given her was written Eric. So... Um, so while they were talking on the phone, Karen and David, the other godsy dude <laughs> tries to call David, <laughs> but the number's busy. Oh, God. So he leaves a message. Damn it, Karen, you messed it up. <laughs> no, no, no. So he leaves a message. So this is one another, this is one of many times in this story where things could have just fallen flat. Yeah. If he had not left a message, but he did. Or he decided, I'm not going to call. Like, what are the chances? Yes, or, exactly. You know, who is this crazy lady calling me? <laughs> so, yeah, many times this could have happened. But, no, he left a message. Um, so, Karen, while she's talking with David, meanwhile, convinces him to at least take the number. Yeah. Um, and she's excited, right? She's like, can you please call me back to let me know if this is your son or not? Um, she has a vested interest. She in well, yeah, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, you'd I, be so interested. The, I think most people would. Be. I'm the curious sort. I need to know how things end, mm-hmm. especially so, if you'd if you feel like you had been part of something like yeah, this. You contributed to the story. Yes, exactly. So anyway, she's obviously very excited, but she has to hang up the phone and let David, you know, use his phone. So yeah. she's just waiting by anxiously. Um, so. David has hung up the phone and sees the message. Listens to the message. Here's, um, you know, this man he's never met just talking and saying, you know, I, I might have some information about your son. You know, whatever. Um, so calls him back. Um, and yeah, so David and the other godsy are talking and he says, you know, my son's name is David, not Eric. Yeah. Well, the other guy, he says... No, no, my son's name is Eric. My uh, name is David. Ah, uh, there it is. Uh-huh. I was wondering if it was like a mother changed the name or something. Yeah, there, um, that was said in the show, but I wanted to, you to kind of theorize about that on your own. But yes, so the phone listing that the operator gave her wasn't even for the son. It was for the grandson. Which is weird, because the grandson, in theory... I'll get to how young is he is. Because yeah, yeah. if the dad's 28, the grandson is probably under the age of 10. You know. I'm getting there. Getting there. So, you get there. Yeah, quick math. But yes, it is It is strange. You will find out why it's strange that Eric is the one in the phone book. So this might be why they've had trouble finding each other, because the phone books don't really seem to be like terribly <laughs> reliable or up to date. Um, so. <clears throat> so obviously the, the father's really anxious to hear that his name is David. Oh, yeah, so he I goes, okay, be. where are you from? Oh, I'm from California. Okay, do you have two sisters? Yeah, you have two sisters, Wendy and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the dad just like... Because this would be such an emotional thing. Yes. I'm just picturing him like 
sitting in a, like a lounge chair and like hand shaking at this point as yeah. he's answering these questions. Yes, I'd be shaking. Kind of correctly, like face on like his his or his hand on his knee, like leaning forward. Like this mm-hmm. would be yeah emotional as oh hell. It would be so emotional. Anyways, so finally, you know, Big David is like, well, hello, son. This is your dad. <laughs> hello, my boy. Yeah. Um, and this, this is great. The son had this amazing quote he said on the show, and he, this is obviously recorded after all these events have happened, right? Like, it's just an interview that yeah. we've done for the show. But he had this great saying. He said, quote, it filled something in my life. He wants to know me. Aww. Which is so sweet, right? Well, especially because he's been looking for him. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a case of, I didn't want anything to do with you. Exactly. And then later on, I changed my mind. It's like, no, I've been looking for you. Since you left. For like two and a half decades. Yeah. So like, that that would be super sweet. Just feeling that desire to know him and that dedication he's put into trying to know him. Yeah, that that would feel really good. It would. That's Absolutely. why this is a happy story. I'm so happy I found it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, David Sr. calls Karen back um, to let her know that this actually did happen. This is a thing. <laughs> and this is cute, too. He says, she was tickled to death to be a part of bringing father and son back together after all these years. That is that's cute. <laughs> tickled that to is death. Cute. Tickled to death. <laughs> so cute. Interesting um, But yeah, and I mean, obviously this is an old cheesy show. Like, they had these reenacted scenes and everything. But it was really cute to have that image of her and the other woman. And she's on the phone and she's like, it's his son, it's his son. And they're all, like, squealing together in happy. I'm actually picked, like, the... I don't want to call it, like, a ladies club, but, like, a book club. Yeah. Of, like, people in the background. Yeah. And they're all just, like, listening intently. <laughs> and then everyone... Staring. Like, Yay! <laughs> yeah, anyway, it just it was a really cute image. Um, Because that, that'd be so cool. Even if you weren't necessarily Karen or David or someone who was directly involved. That's such a cool story. It is. You'd be like, oh, one time I went to Karen's house and you won't believe what happened. It would be. You know, fun. like, yeah. That'd just be really fun. I like it. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't give a date at the beginning of this episode just because, you know, it's we're focusing on the date when they were reunited. Yes. So July fourth, nineteen ninety nine is when they were finally reunited after twenty six years. Ninety nine. Yeah. Twenty six years. So that means seventy three, thereabouts. Nineteen seventy three was when all this happened. Like the the divorce, the, the first the, yeah. few things, yeah, yeah, would have been twenty six. Jesus, yeah. that's longer than you or I have been alive. It is. I'd like to point that out. Yeah, can you imagine? That's nuts. That's so long. Um. So yeah, last they're reunited, and even on the day they were reunited, they already look similar. Because they're father and son. Yeah. But they were wearing, like, the same thing. (laughs) They both wore, apparently, plaid shirts, jeans, and cowboy boots. Which, like, I don't know how many people in Louisiana dress that way. I'm sure it's a fairly common outfit, but it's still funny. (laughs) Just We just proved the nature versus nurture argument right there. (laughs) Well, just, but just with the similar face. Like, it would be like if the father was kind of looking in the mirror, but just like, you know, a younger version of himself. It'd just be so cool, in my opinion. That is cool. It sounds neat. 
Um, and even the TV show It's a Miracle arranged for the Godsies then, who had been reunited, to meet Karen Trent. Oh, yeah. So they finally get to actually meet in person the woman who... Put a face to the voice. Yeah, who made it happen. That's nice. Um, which is really sweet also. So, yeah, just a really cool story. Um, and something that was said at the beginning of the episode was that the show actually tried to do some math to find out the odds of this happening. And, like, how many phone numbers in America versus the odds of two being coupled together like the odds of her getting those two numbers yeah um and he said at the beginning of the show you know it's actually less time for you to watch this episode than it is for me to read the list of what the odds are <laughs> like the really? number yeah interesting so that's uh crazy interesting and obviously those odds go down when you're looking at a specific last name right but that was just a funny little tidbit in my opinion like when you when you think about the odds, even though it's all godsies, yeah, the operator did say that she had millions of godsies. Oh, absolutely. So, and you narrow it down to Louisiana, I suppose, becomes more, you know, it's it's still an incredible story. It but like, still is statistically. I think it's very conceivable. Yeah, absolutely. That's why right. I was saying that you you couldn't necessarily like try and dispute this yeah. story. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's an everyday miracle. Everyday miracle. Yeah. Yeah, a miracle that Karen took the time to try and find these two people, that the operator took the time to try and narrow down these two numbers, that, you know, David took the chance, or David and... David. David Sr. and David Jr. (laughs) David and David. Took those chances of calling the other person, that the, you know, junior junior godsies were at home when Karen called them. Like, there were a lot of things, little things that just seemed to line up. Yeah. Right? Well, that's so. good that they got reunited. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. And Karen Karen seems like a cool lady, and how excited she was about being part of this. Yeah, it And would be, she it would even be. Um, mentioned in the episode, she thinks about the operator who helped her make that connection, and how she's never going to know that she was part of this as well, right? She was a silent hero. Silent, <laughs> silent hero. Um, cause not only was David reunited with his son, he was also able to meet his grandsons. So Eric, I now have written here, is six. Oh. And Devin is four. <laughs> we little ones. Know, we, so, we little suckers. It's like, oh, my son and his wife and his sons, it's like a whole family. There would be tears. Yes. In my eyes. Yes. If I was David Sr. in this situation. Even David Jr. in yeah. this situation, there would be tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really sweet little story, and I would like to finish it out with a wonderful quote from Karen, my spirit animal. Quote, you go through your daily life and you don't know that you affect people, but you affect people every day. I like that quote. I know you do. It's so cheesy. It's a good quote, but here's my question for you. (laughs) Did she ever find the people she was originally looking for? Good question. Like, no, no, this, she did not. <laughs> this story took. Like, I was at first, I was like, okay, you know, because I was thinking about it at the start. I was like, you know, like if I haven't seen someone in more than six years, they're probably not gonna give a shit that I'm dead, right? So I was like, it's really admirable. She's trying to find 
Like childhood Wait, friends. Well, we don't know. We don't know if these were childhood friends. Yeah, but if you don't have any contact info for them, it's probably been a while. And then it took on a life of its own where it's like, but then she reunited a father and son. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, but did she ever find the two <laughs> friends? Um, no, she didn't. She didn't find the Ronnie and Johnny. <laughs> what I will say, though, is that, like, one, that was a really nice story. But she did, did all this because her husband had passed away, right? Mm. In a weird way. Well, I mean, it was Evelyn's husband who passed away, and Karen is the daughter-in-law. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But... But if it's the daughter-in-law, then it was her father. I suppose it would have been her father, yeah. Having a story like this, or a task, or, or something that you're doing, that kind of takes your mind off of the loss. Yeah, And I think true. that that's, like, that's really good for people. Mm-hmm. Right? It gave her something to do, a story to look forward to, people to help, which I think is, is you know, a really important part of, of healing. Yeah, absolutely. So good good for Karen, good for the Davids. Yeah. They should open up a shop now, just call it David and David. <laughs> the Godsies? Godsies a pretty nice last name. Godsies? It is. Godsies Gift Shop. <laughs> Located in Louisiana. Nice. Try not to get eaten by an alligator. Oh my. I think those are in Louisiana. I those d- are crocodiles. I don't know. I don't know anything I, about Louisiana. I don't know either. I know nothing. I know they have swamps. So I'm thinking. Oh, okay. That sounds like crocodile turkey. Yeah. Or alligator, whichever one. They I... both suck. <laughs> yeah. like nature perfected killing machines. They're called those crocodiles and alligators. But. Uh, depends on who you talk to. You might have just offended a lot of people. Remember that heated argument that Ryan and Shane from BuzzFeed got into about whether a bear or a shark was the most vicious creature They're on They're both Earth? wrong. It's a crocodile or alligator. <laughs> Okay. Those things have not evolved for millions of years for a reason. They're fucking... Like... They're both wrong. Okay. Let's just do a poll on our Twitter. Shark, bear, Like, alien. seriously, who, what is the what is the most dangerous... But, and hippos, actually, are, are kind of... Yeah, you know, hippos should be on there. But, like, the, it should actually, just be Actually, orcas called, should be on there. It should be called, what is the perfect killer? Sure. And it'll just be, like, bear, shark, hippo, orca... And whichever's deadlier, oh, crocodile or alligator. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, there, there are differences. I just, I can't. We're gonna do this now because I'm curious. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Look out for our poll. About deadliest killer. Totally unrelated to this episode. Yeah, pretty much. It was all really happy-go-lucky and miracles, and I ruined you know, it. Good job. Yay! You successfully ruined it. Task failed successfully. <laughs> Well, that was a good story, though. Thank you very much. I was very happy. You know, I like this you one. Just, you just boosted some moods. I hope so. And we have four more exciting episodes until our finale. And I don't even know what I'm going to do for our finale. I have so many. We're going to end the season. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> oddly enough, I guess because they're shorter, like, I can put shorter stories. See. But I have way more stories noted down for the finale than I do for our regular episodes. Because okay. our regular episodes, I guess it's harder to fill yeah. that amount of time. It is. But, um, That's good, yeah, though. I'm, I have lots of options. You got options. And we will share those options with you next time on Inconceivable. Well, not next time. Well, not next time. Well, finale. you know, shut up. <laughs> but we will, we will be back 
with a new story next time on Inconceivable. That's what I meant. Bye bye <laughs>